Hello, I am David, but you can call me Tapwater. I've played many tabletop RPGs over the last 20 years. I make YouTube videos and stream on Twitch. Most of my time is spent making a fool of myself on the internet. So, I, I, here we are again, yeah? Yes, and I am Crystal, also known as Snipe. Pathfinder 2nd Edition is a D20 <laughs> tabletop RPG similar in many aspects to Dungeons & Dragons, but it has enough unique features, I believe you should give it a shot, and this is why we think you should play Pathfinder 2nd Edition. The setting in Pathfinder is a lot more adventurers, less big heroes. You are just a group of Pathfinder uh, society adventurers setting out on a quest. Think of it as the job board. And it's something that if you don't prepare for it properly can end in utter failure. This is a game that really rewards planning ahead and making informed decisions uh, by making encounters easier to manage and running away is always a viable option. The world that Pathfinder is set in has scaling, and that makes it nearly impossible for someone who's just starting out some level one a greenhorn to the society to try to take out an opponent that is in the upper levels, because as you get higher in level, the numbers get bigger. Bigger numbers are better. So Snipe... Why do you play Pathfinder 2nd Edition? Well, I mean, besides the fact that, you know, people I know don't play 5th Edition, um, I really like the flexible, like, uh, actions. Um, and also, character customization. It's a lot easier to, to do that nowadays. Yeah, Pathfinder 2nd Edition brought about uh, a major overhaul from the 1st Edition Pathfinder, the the 3.5 era, and even 5th Edition Dungeons & Dragons um, when it comes to how you take your turn. In all of those older systems and in 5th Edition, your actions are broken into categories um, swift, move, free, standard, full round, immediate and reactions it's a lot to keep track of only bonus certain actions. things and bonus actions yes um but it's a lot to keep track of and only you can only do certain things with certain types of actions like you can only attack as a standard or full round action you can't attack as a move action pathfinder has gone and made a three action system where you have three actions and a reaction and you can do whatever you want with it. If you want to attack three times in a turn, you have three actions to do it. You want to move, attack, move. You have three actions to do that. If you want to sprint across the map for three actions to get away from an enemy, that is a, a viable strategy. And you can split your turn up in a whole variety of things. It's, it's definitely more flexible. It makes combat feel a bit more dynamic because it's not just move, attack. And they use it as kind of a let you do more with your turn some types of things that you want to do take more than one action spells are notable for this because most spells take two actions to cast and it is one of the things that they've done to balance ma magic and martial which in older versions of tabletop rpgs has always been an issue because martial characters scaled linearly whereas magic characters scaled quadratic they, they exponentially got stronger as they leveled up. 
because they gained access to more spells. That's a big words there. Yeah, yeah. But that that's the only way I've ever learned how to, to explain it. And the the short of it is martial characters got stronger at a steady pace. Magic characters started out weak and then just exploded in power as they gained more spells. Yeah, the I feel like the classes are a bit more balanced as well. One last thing on the the action mechanic changes. Um, it also opened up Paizo to allow us to have special attacks, um, things like Double Slice, which is a fighter feat that lets you attack with two weapons and then combine the damage. It costs two actions to do it, but combining the damage allows you to do things like bypass damage reduction and other things like power attack, which for two actions you make a single attack, but you add additional damage onto it while... There's the argument to be made, hey, I could just make another attack for that and get essentially the same thing. Making a single attack with additional damage means that you don't run into the problem of your multiple attack penalty, which is every time you'd make an attack, you end up with a less chance to hit on your next attack that turn. Character creation in Pathfinder 2nd Edition is also one of the easiest ones that I've ever gone through. I... They've gotten rid of the randomness of dice rolling. There is still a rule set you can use that does dice rolled stats, but the standard way to create a character is everything starts at 10, and then you apply your ABCs, your ancestry, which is your race, human, elf, dwarf, etc. Your background will give you a boost to a stat based on the background and then you can also choose an additional boost for whatever you want to increase those scores by two and then your class will typically give you a stat boost in its main stat so for fighters it'd be strength or dexterity for barbarians it'd be constitution it makes it really simple to to make a character that's effective and you can make some of your choices like, you know, my fighter character is a blacksmith for his background, so from that he gained a boost to his strength, but he also did a lot of research into his his trade, so he actually has a boost to intelligence as well. Yeah, makes for a, a more realistic uh, character, more believable. Leveling up is easier as well um if you've ever looked at a xp chart for any of the older systems xp is always this weird number it'll start out simple like the thousand xp is level two and then it goes on and on and these numbers just keep getting larger because it's based on a total experience that your character has uh, second edition Pathfinder thought that that was a lot to try to keep up with, so they've changed experience to be per encounter. Each type of encounter gives you a set amount of XP, and every 1,000 XP is a level up. It's easier to keep track of. I know I couldn't keep that straight in a fifth edition. They also doubled down on character feats, which are like little abilities and traits that you give your character to tweak them to do what you want and make them your own they doubled down on feats but they also simplified it used to in 3.5 and first edition pathfinder there was a giant list of feats and they would have requirements like uh, you need base attack bonus of this and this many levels of fighter to take this feat Paizo was like that's a lot 
So instead of feats being a giant list that you had to sort through and that you had to know where you were going because some feats had like five prerequisite feats, they are now mostly just class options. And they're tailored to that class at certain levels and it's just a choice you make for your class on level up. It makes it really easy to customize your character instead of you and your friend both making rangers and the main difference is you use a crossbow and he uses a bow but you both have the same class features instead you have hey i have a crossbow and because i have a crossbow i've taken these feats and it makes me deal extra damage with crossbow specifically i don't shoot as much but i hit harder or your friend who's also a ranger going bow and is like, hey, I have this feat that lets me, because I'm using a bow, fire off multiple shots around. It definitely makes it more interesting. And uh, it makes it, it makes it more diverse. That, yeah. And not having to know what uh, your feat you want to get, you know, 10 levels from now uh, is helpful. So it makes it easier yeah, they, to get into. There, there's a couple of feats that still have those early level prerequisites. Right. But they're usually only feats that straight up improve that that prerequisite. Like I know fighters have a higher level feat where power attack only increases your multiple attack penalty by one instead of two, and it requires power attack. Right. We talked about the balance changes from martial magic, but they've also gone a little bit further for that to bring martial characters, your your melee fighters, more in line with magic damages. They've simplified weapon damages. They remove size differences in the damage die. This is me. So if you're carrying around a, a large-sized bastard sword for a medium-sized character, it doesn't deal a bigger dice of damage. It's just harder for you to wield. But this is my favorite part. Ha <laughs> All weapons start with a single die of damage. Great swords, instead of being two die six, they are one die 12. And they do this because they've added in a way for you to scale your weapons by adding runes to them. The runes increase your chance to hit up to plus three. They also increase the, the amount of damage die that you have. So you can have a character who's gotten a your grandfather's sword as you grew up and you trained with it all your life and it means the world to you in other systems as soon as you get that first magical weapon it's just kind of well i don't need this anymore and you toss it away pathfinder second edition allows you to etch a rune into it to make it that magical sword your your long sword starts out at a, a d8 of damage but by the end of your adventure you've upgraded it into a plus three greater striking longsword which has a three die eight of damage and a plus three to your hit that's pretty uh pretty ba and that does sound like a lot of damage on a single weapon but i, I want to go back to this everything scales your proficiency bonus your health your armor all of it is increased by your level Usually. Rolling for health is no longer a thing. You get God. a set of health, right? I I don't know how many times I've rolled a one for yeah. my health and just, well, I guess I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get your ancestry gives you an amount of health with hardier ancestries like the dwarf getting more and then more frail ancestries like the elf getting less. And then you get your class 
has a set amount of HP it gives every level. Uh, Barbarians notably giving 12 health a level plus your constitution modifier. Um, And then you have people like wizards who only get six. But you just get your class HP plus your constitution modifier for every level. So three die eight ends up really not being a lot when at level 10 you're over 100 health. Not really, yeah. Small amount. One thing I I really like, and I feel like it adds a bit more to how you think about the game, is attack of opportunity is no longer universal, both for creatures and players. Uh, Fighters do start with it because that's kind of their thing, is quick reaction fighting. And a lot of the classes you would expect to have it, like Barbarian, uh, Rangers can take a feat usually around level six to get attack of opportunity or their own unique type of attack of opportunity. Monks have a feat called standstill, which is a type of attack of opportunity that will stop the enemy movement if it hits. That's pretty useful. And since most creatures don't have attack of opportunity, learning whether or not they have it is kind of part of the fight. And if you don't know, there's always the, I could cast this spell or i could drink this potion but i don't know if the my enemy is going to be able to hit me for it i don't know if they're quick enough to react hero points are standard per session Uh, a hero point lets you reroll any d20 result and take the new result you get one automatically per session by rules as written and the book suggests that you pass out a hero point every hour of play i don't think i've ever had a game master give me one per hour of play but it hero points have saved me so many times that just knowing that hey i do have my, my character has this heroic inspiration within them to just make up for a bad situation you know, I I roll a natural one. And I didn't even uh, realize that was a guideline. Yeah. I'll have to bring that up next time I need one. <laughs> <laughs> but re-rolling any result and taking the new one is usually pretty good, especially with the degrees of success. Degrees of success is a scale from critical failure to critical success for... Pretty much any action for your strikes, for your weapon attacks, a critical success pretty much always guarantees an increase in the damage. It doubles the damage. Uh, For spells, it can get a little bit crazy. Some spells have their own special scale degrees of success table and while they were balancing the core mechanics between martial and magic paizo also figured out a way to get rid of the save or suck spells so generally speaking most spells use a basic saving throw where you have critical success taking no damage success is half damage failure is full damage and then you can crit fail a save and take double damage to me that makes a a lot more sense than any other um, system I've played that manages crits. And with the system, natural 20s and natural 1s are not automatic crit success or crit failure. What they do is they increase or decrease the the level you got. So if on a natural 1, you would still succeed a save based on your modifier plus 1 alone. Because it's a natural 1, it drags it down to a fail. And the same goes the other way. Natural 20 is not always a crit. So if you're attacking something and you roll natural 20, that doesn't mean you're automatically doubling damage. 
it just means that if a 20 plus whatever your to hit modifier is would not hit, it means you hit instead. You go from a failure to a success on that action. Mm, that's useful. Yeah. Uh, it's also why a level one party can't take on a, an adult dragon, because an adult dragon is going to have such a high AC that you're only going to get basic hits out of natural 20s. I surely do not uh, roll that many natural 20s. And while we're on the subject of crits, there are more criticals. Because you can crit something if you beat the DC, the difficulty class, by 10 or more. So if your target has an AC of 12 and you roll a 22 to hit, you're dealing double damage to them. You've critical hit them. Same goes with spell saves. If you get 10 over, that's a critical save. And you're generally taking no damage. You're getting no effect from whatever it is. But it uh, also goes the other way, doesn't it? Yes, it does go the other way. If you roll poorly and you end up 10 below, you are now critically failing. And if you have it, you should probably use your hero point. Would you like to, to close us out, Snipe? Sure. So um, in summary here, Pathfinder 2nd Edition, it's a bit easier. The rules are less cumbersome, you know, more streamlined. You know, you got unique characters and balance. It just, it's easier to get into, I think, as a beginner to, you know, Pathfinder or just tabletop in general. Yeah, tabletops in general. Uh, I used to recommend 5e for that, but Pathfinder, I feel like, gives play new players more options to learn and do what they want with the character rather than being put into the box of this is what your character class does so thank you all for listening i've been tapwater you can catch me over on twitch at twitch.tv slash tapwater or find me on youtube by searching for tapwater that's t-a-p-w-a-t-r no ease because there's nothing easy about this i hate myself <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Snipe. You can find me here at Watt RPG Podcast. Um, I guess we're located on YouTube at the moment. Or or wherever we can we can post the podcast. We're working on that. But it's been great talking with you guys. See ya. Over and out.